Episode 29 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on March 20th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, I spent some time leveling up alt and it got me thinking. Is SWOTOR alt-friendly? I'll share my thoughts on this topic this week. And now that I finally have this army of alts, I'll talk about gearing them under galactic command. And finally this week, a player named SWOTOR Vega wrote a great guide on making credits. I'll go over some of his tips and relate them to my own credit-making experience. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the state of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to episode 29 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another terrific show lined up for you today. First, as always, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. And nothing really new other than just a reminder that BioWare will be holding a cantina tour at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, and that it will be held on Friday, April the 14th at the Hilton Orlando, and they still have not announced a time for the event, but again, I just expect it to be sometime in the early evening. And as a reminder, they said space will be limited, so be sure to arrive early and that it is an adult event and all attendees must be 18 years or older to participate and be prepared to show an ID. So that's it. I mean, it's getting closer and closer, so uh, no more announcements uh, for this week. So with that, let's go ahead and just slice the holonet and get straight to the news. And it turns out that it was somewhat of a light news week, at least in terms of the official uh, forums and statements from Bioware. So nothing to report from there. Uh, so what I thought I would do today is take a look at alts and ask the question, is the game alt friendly? Now, since I am an IT guy, I am going to give you the standard IT answer to all questions, which is that depends. And uh, one of the things I did this weekend was level up my remaining level 65 alts and got them all to level 70. And this was on my main server where I have 23 characters, 19 of which are now level 70. And it sounds crazy to say that only because I remember back in the day, if you had eight level 50 characters, you were a bit insane. That was hard, much harder to do. And here I am with 19 that are now max level. But uh, uh, as you would expect, of course, this means I think I have one of every class. Well, I do have one of every class and obviously multiples of advanced classes. So when it comes to leveling alts, the game is very, very friendly. I mean, even without the XP bonus event, uh, it, it's, it's still very, very easy. I mean, it's easy. I was getting characters from level 65 to level 70 in well under an hour. And it was interesting to see this play out because my alts were in various stages of questing and based on that, some went faster than others. Most of my characters were still working on Knights of the Fallen Empire, but I also had some 
that were on Shadow of Revan as well as Macab. Uh, a lot of my characters, interestingly enough, were on Chapter 12 for Knights of the Fallen Empire, Visions of the Dark. That just seemed to be a common stopping point for me for many of my characters. Now, one thing that I discovered was that Knights of the Fallen Empire chapters rewarded excellent XP until you hit level 66, and then it dropped significantly. And so, from the standpoint of just trying to get to level 70, not really completing stories or anything, but just getting from 65 uh, to level 70, I found that for characters that were still on Knights of the Fallen Empire, that it was useful to visit my old friend, Chapter 2, A Dream of Empire. So one run through this at level 65 granted enough XP to actually get to level 67. So that was a quick way to gain a couple of levels right off the bat. Now keep in mind, I was using the Victorious Pioneer's armor set, plus guild XP, plus legacy mission XP, and an XP boost. So I had all of these things coming together uh, to maximize the amount of XP that I was that I was earning. And then after hitting level 67, I just went around and ran some of the planetary heroics. Uh, starter planets and Coruscant and Dromenkos were good, mainly because they were, they're very easy and they're short. Uh, Voss was another good one as well because you have only four quests plus there's a, le- a weekly, which yields a, a pretty decent amount of XP. But yeah, I mean, if you just want to get a, uh, an alt, uh, from level 65 to level 70 as quick as you can. The game has all the tools to accommodate that. In fact, this weekend I did two troopers, uh, an imperial agent, a smuggler, a Sith warrior, two Sith inquisitors, and two Jedi knights. So my remaining alts that I have on this server are all in the earlier stages of leveling. I'm talking about, you know, I think the highest is level 33. So I'll get to them eventually, but no immediate rush for that. So in terms of leveling alt, the game is extremely friendly. For other things, uh, maybe not so much. Now, I've talked about companion influence in the past, and for the record, I don't like it, mainly because there are so many companions, and if you have a lot of alts, it's just one of these impossible mountains to climb. I actually don't mind the idea of companion influence and kind and, 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 and leveling that off, leveling that up it's not bad in and of itself but when you start to look at a the uh, large number of companions that a single character can have and then you start to multiply that by the number of alts that that people have uh it just as i said just becomes this 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 it's impossible it just it just becomes impossible to even consider getting their influence level on these characters up to 50 uh, on all of these these characters. Now you don't really need that per se, but it's nice, right? You know, it's just something something you can do, and it's a nice thing to have. But it's just too many too many companions, too many characters that uh, I would say in this regard, companions are definitely not alt friendly. In fact, I would go dare to say that they are barely main friendly at this point. So so that is one of the areas I think that uh, where the game. Uh, needs needs some improvement and i'm not really sure what you do right because if you make it too easy to get all these companion influence up then for those people that really just focus on one or two characters then it becomes really it looks really silly right because all of a sudden boom you'll get a bunch of companions up to level 50 
uh, influence level very, very quickly. And that one character could become, you know, somewhat powerful, I guess, if you will, in terms of crew skills and everything else very, very quickly. So I'm not sure what the solution is other than I think maybe what they need to do for alts in general is once you get like one, maybe two tunes to a certain level and whatever the system might be, whether it's companion influence or galactic command, that maybe they just, you know, you once you reach a certain threshold, the system just becomes easier uh, for any additional tunes that you want to bring through this process. Because obviously we know not only this companion influence, not all that that friendly, but certainly galactic command for alts is is not where it, it ought to be. And I mean that's that's another giant grind and another big uphill climb that exists in the game. Which sort of brings me to the next topic here, which is talking about gear and the state of gearing up alts in Knights of the Eternal Throne. And in my opinion, gearing up alts is kind of a mixed bag right now. And obviously this is due to Galactic Command. Um, I think it's going to get a little bit better, but I'm just not sure that it's as good as it was in 4.0 and before. So I thought it'd be good just to talk about different ways uh, that exist to, to gear up alts and uh, the big thing is when you look at your characters uh, most people use legacy armor for their characters and I, I, I highly recommend this certainly on, on not just your main tune but on, on all your tunes that you get a set of legacy armor and use that for your gearing purposes and, and you know thanks to the outfit designer this is a great method for maintaining gear and legacy armor is pretty easy to obtain I mean you can get it for direct purchase from vendors if you run Planetary Heroics, you can get it from those crates that you turn in uh, on Odessin. If you've been playing the game a long time, you probably have a whole bunch of those pilot suits or even some of the dark versus light armors that were rewards from that event. I think the bottom line here is Legacy Armor is easy to come by and it won't break your bank uh, trying to obtain it. And a full set of armor has seven pieces for the following slots, right? You got your head your chest, your legs, your gloves, your boots, belts, and wrists. So seven pieces in all. And you can also use legacy gear for weapons, but I think most people prefer to go for looks uh, with their weapons since the outfit designer does not apply to weapons. So the weapons I think people use tend, use, tend to be non-legacy. At least that's the case for me. Um, if your class has a hidden offhand, like a focus or a shield, you can go legacy for that, but those are a little bit harder to harder to obtain. And I believe that the only source of those is the Gree event. So you know you just have to pay attention to when the Gree event is uh, and get those those uh, helix components, and then you know save those up to purchase some of those those offhands because that's the only place you can get many of them. So why use legacy gear right i've talked about why why is this a good thing well one you can transfer that gear to your alts right you can just take that set of gear put it in a legacy bank and then you can pick it up on any of your alts and let's say for example um like in my case my main tune is a mercenary well if i give those pieces to another mercenary or a commando the set bonuses will apply which is really really nice so that that's one of that's one of uh, big advantage that you can sort of transfer set bonus, uh, set bonuses over to 
similar classes. Uh, you only have to augment the gear one time. You just add an augment slot to it and you're done. Um, so when you get a new piece of gear, you just rip the mods, etc., out of it and put it in your existing gear. Now, I haven't priced it out. And of course, it's possible that it may be cheaper to augment the new piece, but it's certainly less convenient. Um, like, for example, the legendary gear costs a lot if you want to rip out the, the mods and enhancements and everything. It's like 48,000 credits uh, to remove one of those. I think it's like comes out to be like almost 150,000 credits to rip everything out of a legendary piece of gear. Ouch. So, I mean, in that sense, you know, you might be better just putting an augment kit on that gear, ripping out your augment from your old piece. But, I don't know, I just like having legacy gear for my characters. So, I mean, you can see there, I mean, because there, there are definitely advantages to using the legacy gear. Even without the set bonus, you can give that gear to any alt, and they'll be pretty powerful to do something like run an uprising or, or even an op. I mean, my main tune is full 240-plus item rating uh, gear. So handing that gear to a fresh 70, it's, it's, it's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. Um, the downside is that it only applies to those seven pieces, which means your alt likely won't be optimized. And you may have to shuffle augments around or live with not being min-maxed or God forbid you maybe you fall under the accuracy cap as well if it's a the DPS tune or something. So that's, that's one of the, the, the negatives there. Uh, the other is you could have like 240 rating armor pieces, but then that character might have like 220 or 228 or 230 implants, ears, relics, and weapons. It all depends on where, where they're at. So that, that's, that's what I don't like about it either. And, and think about it this way. So, and by transferring that gear, right, you're also giving a alt, like rank three, if you will, tier three, uh, a bunch of tier three gear, but then if they're only on galactic command rank or yeah, tier one, well, then every time you do something with them and they earn, uh, CXP, well, they're getting, you know, tier one crates. And so maybe you get a tier one implant or a tier one relic or something like that. Now you can buy this gear, right? You could go to the GTN and you could purchase, uh, some relics and, um, implants and earpieces. A lot of players are crafting some of these items. I think you can find them as high as 240 item rating, or you might go just a, a tier lower because it'll be a little bit cheaper just to, just to fill in those gaps and, and stay pretty, pretty strong. Um, but it's expensive. It's expensive. And, you know, for me, you know, 19 level 70s, I'm not doing that for 19 level 70s. I'll just go broke. I'll go broke. I don't have nearly enough credit uh, for that to be worth while. And then the other downside is, you know, you're not going to have set bonuses. You know, if I'm giving that, if I'm on a mercenary and I hand that gear over to a Sith Inquisitor, the set bonuses aren't going to transfer over. Um, it'll just be, you know, 240 item rating armor, which is okay, but it's, it's not ideal. So, like I said, I think, I think the, the legacy armor and the transferring the gear like that is just a good way to kind of buff up one of your alts especially a fresh level 70, very, very quickly. So they're at least uh, geared enough to feel comfortable maybe hopping into an uprising or or something along those lines. And the other thing you can do 
though, with your main tune is to, you know, this is where the choice is, right? One option, you can disintegrate all these duplicate items and things that you don't need for CXP and continue getting crates and working through Galactic Command on your main tune. Or you can pull some of those prototype items, maybe even some of the green items, whatever it may be, and you can start, you know, stripping out the armorings and the enhancements and the mods, and you can put that in legacy gear and start gearing up your alts, uh, that way. And that's not a bad, that's not a bad method either. And I've done that for, for some of my other characters where I'll just take some of those items and then start putting together sets of gear and giving them to my alts. So in that sense, I'm using Galactic Command to gear up on my main tune to gear up alts on my other tune. And that's another way you can sort of do that. Again, you know, the, the missing items will be those uh, implants and the, and, the, and the relics and, and, and the earpieces. So, and then there are other things you can do too, right? The Galactic Command currency is bind on legacy. Some of those CXP uh, packs that you get from drops and flashpoints and operations. That's all that's bind on legacy though. So that's a way you can give those to other, other characters to help boost and speed up their, their CXP gains. But again, once game update 5.2 comes around, you know, and we're going to get to tier four, probably going to want to save those on your tune that's earning the tier four gear and just, you know, use that and just take some of that gear and pass it on down to the alts because it's, you know, if your alts are on tier one, it's just going to be way better than anything that they're earning out of their their crates. So overall, I would say that gearing alts isn't great. It's, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of how it was prior to this other than, you know, well, you had to go and play your alts and it was a little bit easier to do that. Um 5.2 makes it a little bit easier. If you can get geared up enough to maybe to get into like a story mode operation or something like that, then you can start, you know, picking up pieces and things like that. I think it'll be a little bit easier, a little bit easier. But I mean, the big takeaway here is I, I definitely recommend using, uh, doing two things, using legacy gear on your main tune so you can transfer that over to other tunes that you want to play and kind of buff them up. And then maybe considering using some of those duplicate pieces and unwanted pieces that your main doesn't need and using those to put together gear sets for your alts. So that's really all I had to say about alts um, today and gearing them up and whether or not the game is is friendly or not. I, I And the answer is, it's, it's like I said, it's really kind of a mixed bag. I think if you just want to level up some other tunes and take them through some stories and things like that, yeah, it's perfectly fine. Perfectly, perfectly, it's great for that. But, you know, companions, gearing... Uh, needs needs a little bit of work and we'll see you know may have to wait until the next expansion to see if they they take that into consideration and, and make the game a little bit more alt friendly so my final topic for today i wanted to talk about was was making credits and uh, like i said there's a player who goes by the name of swotor vega put together an Excellent guide on making credits, and I will put a link in the show notes uh, that I post at SotorPodcast.com and other places that I can. But here's the URL, and I have to say, it's a very radio-unfriendly URL. I will read it out to you one time, and I assume you all have pause and rewind buttons and can get it that way if need be. But without further ado, the link to the guide is... Swotorista.com, and that's S-W-T-O-R-I-S-T-A dot com forward slash Swotor, that's S-W-T-R-T-O-R, 
underscore Vega, V-E-G-A, underscore building, underscore wealth, underscore in, underscore SWOTOR, underscore guide, underscore four, and that's the word for F-O-R, underscore five, and that's the number five, underscore Kotet, which of course is K-O-T-E-T dot PDF. Whew. So there you go. And as you can see, it's a PDF document, so you can download it and just store it on your computer locally if you want. Now, as some of you may know, I like to dabble in the GTN and make credits. I certainly won't claim to be great at it, in part because I don't dedicate enough time to it, and with Galactic Command, I've really ignored it this expansion. I'm trying to get back into it, though, because with each expansion, we seem to experience inflation, and all of a sudden, 155 million credits, uh, which is where I am right now, doesn't feel like that much. And just to put that in perspective, Swotor Vega wrote in his guide that he was currently sitting on 500 million credits with another with another 900 million in items that are in his inventory. So basically, 900 million in non-liquid assets. And in case you're wondering, I believe the current credit cap, and there is a cap, is 4.2 billion. So I'm not going to go through the entire guide, but I'm just going to cover some of the principles that I agree with and relate that to my own experience and throw in a couple of things maybe that aren't in the guide as well. Uh, so my first bit of advice is this, and, and especially if you're just starting out, don't try and do everything at once. And there's this old Jedi proverb that goes, you know, how do you eat a whole bantha? Well, the answer in my Padawan is one bite at a time. And one of the things covered in the guide that I did is before you begin, have a goal and make a plan and be realistic about it. It's easy to say that your goal is to reach the 4.2 billion credit cap. And there's nothing wrong with having that as a goal, but that's a pretty big mountain to climb. And if that's your only goal, you'll never reach it because it feels out of reach. You really do need to eat the bantha one bite at a time. So if the credit cap is your ultimate goal, then you need to have small goals to help you get there. If you have a 100 credits now, your first goal might be to get 1 million. And when you hit that, set a new goal of, say, 5 million, and then 10, and so on. Once you have these goals, you need to set a time frame to achieve them. If you just leave them open-ended, you'll probably lose interest and stop trying. Your goal, for example, should be to earn 1 million credits in five day, in the next five days. So, I mean, basically your goal should be, I want to earn X number of credits by X date. And once you have a goal, you should start to put together a plan to achieve it. And that's mostly figuring out how you're going to make your credits. And this should primarily revolve around selling stuff on the GTN. You don't have to do that exclusively. Running Planetary Heroics is a legitimate way to make credits. In fact, it's a good way to make credits. Also, you don't have to settle on one thing, but you do need to be careful about stretching yourself too thin. To that end, you need to spend time and do a little research as well as some trial and error. And I recommend that you spend some time on the GTN just looking at items. See what's up for sale, for how much. Look at the volume that's for sale. Look at the sellers. How many are there? Is it 20 different people or just two or three? See what's out there and see what you can produce 
and find a market that works for you. And once you settle on something, continue to research, research it until you know it inside and out. You want to specialize in cartel market armor. Uh, well, just don't go by the bronze, silver, gold, or platinum rarity as an indicator of, you know, how much you should sell something for. Go to a site like Swotor Fashion and, or Tor Fashion, I believe it's called, and see what all the cool kids are wearing. People just don't equip full armor sets. They mix and match. And you might find that there's a particular belt that maybe comes from a bronze rarity set. That is all the rage. It might be something you can get easily and on the cheap and then sell it for huge gains. The bottom line is whatever market you're specially specializing is, get to know it really, really well. Which brings me to the next subject here. What are the different ways you can make credits? And this isn't all of them, but, but here are some things you can do, right? You can run heroics. Uh, crew skills as well. Crafting, right? Find items to craft. Look at augments. Augment kits, stims, adrenals, med packs. Those are all consumable items that I find sell very, very well. Uh, if you don't really feel like crafting, because, you know, maybe it takes multiple uh, characters and you just want to spend the time swapping back and forth, whatever the reason, you could just gather materials and choose to sell those raw materials. Uh, people craft then they need them. And some sometimes people just choose to buy those rather than take the time to farm them. So that's just something else you consider. There are vendors throughout the game that sell items like reputation vendors and, and various things. You could go find out which ones sell things that people would want, and you can just buy them and sell them on the GTN. You'd be surprised how many people don't really know that they exist. And you'll also be surprised at how many people do know they exist, but hey, they happen to see it on the GTN and they don't feel like trekking out to wherever it is uh, to go buy the item and they'll buy it. I, the one thing that comes to mind, there's a vendor in the smuggler's den that sells a mount. I don't know how much it costs, how much he sells it for. It's like a, a Gurian style mount. Uh, it's all black. It's actually kind of nice. But, you know, if you want to buy it, you have to go out to the Smuggler's Den. That's something you could do. You could go to the Smuggler's Den, buy a bunch of them, try selling them on the GTN, and, and, and see how it works out. Again, might want to try different things, some trial and error here, to figure out what it is you want to do and what works for you. Uh, one of the things you can do is you can flip items. You can scour the GTN for items that are priced too low, buy them, and relist them immediately for a higher price. People make mistakes listing items all of the time. You know, they didn't check the existing selling prices before they listed and just went too low. They didn't count the zeros when they input their selling price and sold something for 500 credits instead of 5 million. They're new to the GTN and didn't understand that you could override the default, the, the, the default selling price. So, for example, the default selling price for mounts is 112,500 credits. I like to do a search for items of that price and below and see if I can find any bargains. Occasionally, you will. Along those lines, there's uh, three things that I think you should always do when you go to list something on the GTN. First, check to see what's for sale right now. And you're looking for the price, the minimum price, right? Maximum price and the volume. How much, how many of these items are up there? Second, Check your listing price before you hit sell. As I said, count the zeros and make sure it's uh, what you want it to be. And the third thing is, once you hit the sell button and list the item, check your listings just again to make sure that they are correct and you've got the correct selling price. Uh, 
few other things to be mindful of are be wary of trying to corner a market. And this is where you go in and buy up everything that's for sale and then relist it at your desired price. It's a hard thing to do. And of course, a lot depends on what the market is uh, that you're dealing in. Consumables such as augment kits, I think it's a very hard market to corner. They sell fast and lots of people like to sell them. And if you're not careful, you can end up with a big supply that you've invested a lot of credits in and but aren't going to be able to recoup. The other thing I recommend, and this, this wasn't in the guide, and that's to try and get in the position of where you don't need the credits right now. And let me repeat that. You want to try and get in a position where you don't need the credits right now. Because if you don't need credits for something immediately, you'll have a lot more flexibility when it comes to selling stuff. One, I mean, you can limit your supply and not feel a need to sell it all at once. You can also list it for a better price as you won't have a huge need to undercut by a large amount to ensure your items sell first. And, you know, and there will be times when the going rate for something you want to sell is lower than you know you can get, but the going rate isn't necessarily low enough to buy everything and relist it. And so sometimes you have to hang on to your supply and just wait for a better moment to sell things. And, you know, don't be afraid to invest either. And this is something I'm not very good at this. And what I mean is spending large amounts of credits on items that you know um, that you, not only will you just recoup that cost, but you'll make a profit down the line. And I'm thinking mostly in terms of dealing in packs and hyper crates from the GTN. Um, that is something I have yet to truly dabble in, but I am considering um, though, but, but the other thing I should say about the cartel market, you absolutely, you do not need to spend real money in order to make fake money, if you will. That, that is not, that is not, uh, that does not have to be a strategy whatsoever. You don't have to spend money, buy cartel coins, and then buy things from the, the cartel market and then sell them. That is not that, yes, can you make money doing that? Absolutely. But that is not a requirement to making credits in this game and playing playing the GTN. I just want to want to be clear on that. And the guide does mention that. In fact, that's one of the assumptions that the person who, that Swotor Vega Vega made when he was writing your guide that in fact you aren't doing that. And I think that's important to note. And then the last bit of advice I would offer is be frugal and save those credits, but if you find something you really want and it's a good price, buy it. Buy it. The whole point of earning credits is so you can buy cool things for your characters, whether it's decorations, mounts, armors, weapons, crystals, whatever, whatever you want. And the reason you want to have a boatload of credits is so you can buy these cool things and not care how much they cost and not worry about breaking your bank. Yes, you want to earn credits, but you should have fun spending them as well. That's the whole point. There's no retirement here. This isn't like the real world where you're you need to hang on to this so you can have a, a a wonderful life in your retirement when you're done saving the galaxy and want to just kick back on your Yavin 4 stronghold. That's it, it doesn't exist in this game. So, you know, you just need the the credits to feel comfortable buying things and trying to keep up, of course, with inflation, because which seems to happen is with each expansion as prices go up and up and up. Well, that's it for uh, credits and the GTN, and, and that is it for this week because I definitely hear the music, and that can mean only one thing. 
You have managed to survive another half hour listening to episode 29 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I do thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is currently SOTORpodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SOTORpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SOTORpodcast, and be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. So look for episode 30 on March 28, 2017, and remember the Sith Code, cake is alive.